0: host, Larice Duffy, Certified Coach and Founder of A Mindful Journey. Welcome to Aligned and Awakened, the podcast. I believe that our circumstances don't create our destiny, our choices do. Aligned and Awakened features heartfelt stories from women who inspire me. Each of these women has used adversity to find their power and lead a purposeful life through their command of choice. Come listen with me. Wake up and be inspired to make change in your own life. Your journey to awakening your inner truth starts now. Hello and welcome back to the Aligned and Awakened podcast. I am so excited. This is our last show, the last show of season two. And I am thrilled to be here with Tracy Kessler, who is not only an influencer and an activist, but also a dear friend, really. We share a few things, especially our love for kindness. And she is here to talk to us about her own story of allowing choices to determine her destiny rather than circumstances so I am super excited to
1: welcome Tracy Kessler to the show welcome Tracy thank you so much Larice I know we've been talking about this for so long and I really feel like you know it happened when it was supposed to happen right because so many things have happened in my life since we began <laughs> talking about being on your podcast and I think it's really divine timing that we had a chance to do this now and that I get to be the last one of season two. How exciting.
0: Yes, yes, absolutely. Yes. I'm a big believer that everything happens exactly the way it's supposed to. So certainly you had more things that needed to happen for you to share. I'm really excited to have you here. So let's start with you just telling our audience a little bit about you, who you are, what you do, and then
1: we'll take it from there. Oh boy, that's such a loaded question. There's so many things that I do. (laughs) I am actually an event producer by trade. I have owned my own business since I was 27 years old. So 20 years. Mm -hmm. And I absolutely love what I do. But the thing I love the most about it is the fact that I get to manage people. I get to lift them up and see their strengths And give them a space to hone their strengths and release them into the world a better producer than they were before. And that's something that I've really only realized that that was my greatest strength in the last few years during the pandemic. You know, the pandemic forced me to take out the event producer out of my who am I because there were no events happening. And so, as for a lot of people, I'm sure it was a time of great self-reflection. Who am I if I'm not a producer? And who am I if I'm not a wife, which we'll get to that later. (laughs) And who am I if I'm not a mother, which we'll also Mm. get to. And I really started to focus on what I enjoy the most about my life and it was my relationship with others and fostering those relationships whether it's through business or friendship or family and i realized that i wanted to really focus on that side of the business of managing people and recognizing their strengths and giving them a place to grow and really creating a kind work environment i'm i'm such a proponent of nice guys do not finish last and yeah. i am A quick example of that, I can trace every job that I have ever gotten in my 20 year career back to the first one, because they're all referrals, one person to the next, to the next, to the next. I have never marketed my business. I've never needed to because people have always enjoyed working with me so much that they want me to work with them when they move to their next job. And that really says something about the way I approach business.
0: That's beautiful. That says a lot about who you are. It says a lot about who you are.
1: So coming out of the pandemic and getting back into events, I've realized that I want to split my time a little bit. I want to focus more on that relationship building and how I can help others see that being kind in your life is a successful tool. There's no reason not to be kind. There's no reason not to be kind, no matter what you're doing in your life. Yes. That's
0: a superpower. Being kind is a superpower for sure. We can get into our love and our mutual value of kindness and bringing more of it into this world. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, the short version of my story is I started my business at 27. I had a very successful business. I started my business at 27 years old and at around 34, I realized that I had a drinking problem and most people in my life probably wouldn't have noticed it. Uh, Those that were close to me obviously did, but I wasn't what an alcoholic really looked like to most people, and I admittedly kicked and screamed going into recovery, but I did go in on my own accord, and it was the best decision that I've ever made in my life. It gave me a freedom to release myself from this crutch that I had been using to try to cope with life and really get down to the brass tacks of looking inward and choosing to be happy, choosing to face hard decisions, choosing to confront things that don't make me happy, even if that's uncomfortable and choosing To live my life the way that I want to live on my terms with the guidance of my higher power. Mm. That decision, because for me it was a decision, and I know for some it's not, but that decision to go into recovery and stay in recovery, because I make that decision every single morning, has changed the course of my life in every way. And I have been able to see that things don't happen to me they happened for me. I say that in reference to, I got married in sobriety. I also got divorced in sobriety, which was a complete and utter shock. I had a child on my own as a single 46 year old woman in sobriety. And I like to say that I, at 16 years old, I sat down and I wrote what I thought my autobiography was going to be. And it was completely wrong. (laughs) Literally, none of that has happened. None of it has happened the way I wanted. But because of my sobriety and my choice to be happy every day and my choice to be sober every day, I know that it happened exactly the way it was supposed to. Mm, Yes,
0: absolutely. The universe has your back, girl.
1: (laughs) So, all right. So I want to
0: step into that. Before we go into that and your story of really not allowing your circumstances to create your destiny, not being a victim of your circumstances, but really the power of choice and really choosing to continue your dreams and sort of upward and onward. I want to just touch on your title as influencer and activist, and I would just love for you to just share a little bit about that.
1: Yes. So it's funny because I kind of cringe at the word influencer, but I know that I have to own it because I do influence a lot of people. I don't influence them to buy jeans or hair products. I influence them to be better people. I influence them to choose self-care and kindness and to stand up for others who can't stand up for themselves. And I won that title (laughs) uh, (laughs) because I started an Instagram account. And this is actually tied to my story. I started an Instagram account after my divorce. My parents had offered up my great grandmother's cottage to go live in while I got back on my feet. I was in an extreme amount of debt after my divorce. And they said, why don't you go live in granny's house for a little while? Get back on your feet. Well, Granny's house was very dark, all knotty pine. It smelled like mothballs. And I was like, oh, how depressing. Why would I want to live in Granny's house? (laughs) So I asked them if it was okay if I renovated the house and made some upgrades. And they said, sure, do whatever you want. And I began to renovate the house on my own. I learned how to use a tile saw. I learned how to refinish cabinets. I did all sorts of stuff to this house. And I started recording it on Instagram. What I realized uh, six months into it is that this Instagram account, following the improvements that I was making to the house, was actually following how I was creating a home for myself in this new image of who I was. And how I was emotionally rebuilding my heart while I was rebuilding the house. Wow. I was so honored to receive messages from people from all over the world, actually. Saying how much they related to what I was talking about. So, while I may have been showing a picture of my kitchen cabinets, what I was talking about was the amount of work and effort that went into it and how I felt uh, so proud of myself for doing this and getting through the pain and waking up every day and saying, I'm not going to let this divorce define me. I'm going to go on another day and I'm going to be happy. And I don't know. It just, it really took off. It really responded. People really responded to it.
0: I want to interrupt you for a second because I love what you just said, that you decided to be happy because I think that some people feel like, oh gosh, people, they just have better lives than that, a better life than I do, or they have better things or or better things are happening to them. And I truly agree. It's a decision. Every morning, it's a decision to be happy, to either see things that we're grateful for and put our focus on attention on those things, or to really Marinate into the things that aren't going well because we're always going to have both. So it really is a decision. So thank you for bringing that up. And I just wanted to highlight it because it's important for people to hear.
1: I think the decision really comes down to saying to yourself, are you going to look at a negative situation and say, why is this happening to me? Or are you going to look at that negative situation and say, what am I supposed to learn from this? How am I supposed to grow from this? I am able to look at my divorce and say, there was a reason I had to go through that. There was spiritual growth that I did not have that I needed. Do I wish I could have learned that lesson a different way? Absolutely. But apparently (laughs) I wasn't learning those lessons before and I needed Mm. to learn them. And this was the way to do it. And I'm not the one who gets to choose how I learn these lessons the universe chooses that my higher power chooses that and when i look back i can realize how much i grew spiritually and intellectually during that process of choosing every day to say i am strong enough to get through this and that's something that i didn't have before
0: i think that we forget the power of language and the power of our internal dialogue so when with you telling yourself I am strong enough to do this. And hearing that on repeat, you will believe it. You will become it. And I think that there is a lot to be said for that and a lot to be said for doing that and how we become what we believe. And that's exactly what I hearing you say you did. I would love for you to Take us through your story. Take us through how this all kind of came about and the lessons along the way.
1: Sure. Before I do that, I want to just speak to the audience because I'm sure there's someone out there who's listening this calling bullshit. They're like, no way. This girl was not happy through her divorce. And I want to differentiate that. When you choose to say, I am going to pursue happiness, I am going to be happy, that doesn't mean that you don't have pain. And you know that, Larice. I don't need to yes, tell you. Yes. It doesn't mean that you don't have pain, and it doesn't mean that you don't recognize pain. You actually face it. You don't push it under the carpet. You face it, and you say, I see you. I see that you have a place here right now but you are not going to define me and you are not going to stay here for any longer than necessary. Oh, and I yes. think that's really important because I, I know that in the early days of the divorce, I wasn't waking up every morning going, I'm gonna be just fine. You know, I was waking up going, I'm, I'm gonna do this. I'm going to do this. I am going to get out of bed. I'm going to get out of bed today. And some days that's all I did, just get out of bed. Mm-hmm. But that was enough to get me to the next day where maybe I got out of bed and I took a shower and then I got up the next day and I left the house. I think it's really important because I don't want people to hear my story and your story and think that they're lying. They're just ignoring their fear. They're ignoring their pain because we know that that's not true. It's there. It's still there. It's still yes. there. There's, it never leaves, but we've learned how to rise above it. And I think that's the most important thing.
0: Well, I think that that's so great that you brought that up. And I think it's a really good reminder for people that you can't bypass the pain and you can't push it down, can't avoid it. And the only way out is through. So it's really important, exactly like you said, that you recognize it and you embrace it, but you don't let it stay for longer than is necessary. I always say you can come for a visit, but you're not moving in. (laughs) So, you know, however, however it is for you, but exactly that. It doesn't mean that there's not painful moments in our day. It just means that we be with it and we witness it and observe it. And then we can move through it quicker and continue the intention of happiness. I think that's
1: really, really important.
0: Okay. so okay continue on
1: so in sobriety i and i have to say most of my drinking was so hyper focused on not finding partner i i had a lot of things going really well in my life and i think that goes back to what i said earlier so many people would have looked at my life and said like why why do you have a drinking problem like what's so bad about your life and alcoholism is part of mental health and when you have an issue with mental health and depression you get hyper focused on one thing and when I would drink, I would focus on why can't I have a proper relationship? Why can't I find somebody? Why can't I find somebody? And I got to the point where when I picked up a drink and it didn't matter whether I picked up the drink for a uh, celebratory reason or to push away the pain, I got to the point where I was suicidal every night at the end, every night. I would I'm think sorry. of reasons as to... How could I make it look like I fell off my balcony? How could I make it look like I fell off the subway platform? And I think that's something that a lot of people don't know about me, but I want to share about it because I think it's so important because when I started my sobriety journey and my sponsor told me that you don't ever have to feel that way again, I was absolutely floored. I just thought that maybe I would learn how to manage those feelings but she was right. I don't feel that way. And I feel like the strength of the program illustrated itself when I had my divorce because I met a man in sobriety who was also in the program and we dated for four years. And about six months into our relationship, I received a message from someone who said, I think you should know what your husband is up to. And I don't need to go into the details. You all can use your imagination. It was far worse than anything I could ever imagine and reached far and wide. And as much as I wanted to work on it, I had waited until I was 41 years old to get married. I had waited my whole life for this. And I didn't make a rash decision, but I realized that he was not the man that I thought he was. So after a lot of group counseling, I decided... It was time to get divorced and move on. And it was the absolute worst thing that could have happened to me. If you talk to Tracy, who was sitting on that balcony back then, this was the absolute worst thing that could have ever happened to me. And I can tell you that not once did suicide even enter into my brain. Not once. And that is the power of the program. I was able to actually see the promise that my sponsor made me that if I do this work, and it's, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of inner work. It's a lot of digging down deep and looking at yourself and really identifying your strengths and your weaknesses and figuring out how to approach life one day at a time and how to continue to choose sobriety and happiness. And this illustrated that I had done that work and I ran towards my higher power. I, for the first time in my life, asked for help right? That's something that I learned in sobriety. It's okay to ask for help, which later yes. helped me when I when my daughter came along. I asked for help. I went to my home group and I said, I can't do this alone. I need you guys. I need you to pick me up and take me to meetings. I need you to check on me every day. I need people to sleep over my house. I'll be okay eventually, but I'm not okay now and I need your help. And I can't wow. tell you how powerful that was. That was wow. so powerful.
0: How amazing. I just want to pause for a second because I just want to honor your bravery and your strength. And even just thank you for sharing and being so vulnerable here with me and with our audience because I think that there's somebody listening that really, really needed to hear that and that you and your story will make a difference. Thank you. Thank you. And know that I have the utmost respect for you. I always did. It seems like the more that you reveal, the more amazing you become to me. So thank you for that.
1: Thank you. you. (sighs) That really means a lot. Thank you. So after I gave the story about how my parents said I could live in granny's house and how that started to develop, but the part I left out that I think is really important is that about six months into living in this house, I wasn't really sure if I was going to stay I also learned in sobriety no no big decisions in a year when anything major happens, right? No big decisions. So I had just gone through this major life change, and I decided I'll just stay here for a year and then I'll decide if I'm gonna go back to where I'd been living before or move or whatever. And one day I was with my dad and he had to fix something on the boat. We live by the water. They live about two miles away from me. And he said, can I come pick you up because I need help getting something fixed on the boat and we'll go to lunch by boat and I'll treat you if you come help me with this. So we're out on the boat. It was a September day. It was a Wednesday. I just remember it so clearly. And I was patting him on the back and I said, pop, you got the life, man. Look at you. You're out on the boat on a Wednesday, going to lunch. And it was like, I had this moment, like you would see in the movies, where light just shone down on me. And all of a sudden, I was like, I have the life. Wait a minute. minute. I have the life. I'm here too. This is the life. This is the life I wanted. It just didn't come in a package that I thought it should look like. Mm. And all of a sudden, I realized, I'm going to be okay. I'm going to be okay. This is okay. Yeah. It was a real moment, this aha moment of just amazing revelation where I realized this chapter of pain, I'm moving out of it. I'm going to be okay. Mm, I'm
0: going to be
1: okay. okay. I love that. And it's so true.
0: It's like not, you know, I like that you said it's not how I thought it would arrive because I think we're looking for this. Ah, moment when we're passing so many by. You know what I mean? We're just passing so many by because we're just not focused on what we currently have. And like you said, that was your life too, on the boat, on the water, going to lunch on a Wednesday afternoon, this beautiful fall day. So I think that's a good reminder to people to look for it. Simply look for it.
1: Yes. You know, I like to say that happiness is found in the moments in between. Mm -hmm. right? Because the old Tracy, she was looking for the big moments, right? She was looking for when am I going to get the big house? When am I going to get a new car? When am I going to go on that fancy trip? Not to say that you can't have all of those things too, but those are the things that are going to give you this mind space and head space to make that decision every day to be happy. What's going to make you be able to do that is recognizing that, oh, I just really love this cereal every morning. I love that I have this cereal every morning. Or I love when I get to take my walk in the fall and the leaves crunch under my feet. I love that sound. And those are the things that you can string together to make a super bright and beautiful life. That's where the happiness is found. It's in between all of the big moments. Well said. I think exactly what you said,
0: vacations, the car, the big house, I think they're wonderful. They're just not long lasting. And I think that the things that you described, you know, it's so interesting. I go to this coffee shop. It's a drive-through coffee shop and all these young kids work there. And they make me smile every day. They're just so cheerful. And I just love i love seeing them. I get my coffee and I go to the cemetery. I stay in my car. Sometimes I do some work, listen to a podcast, maybe talk to a friend. But the cemetery where my mother and Kevin are right next to each other, it's so beautiful and it's so peaceful. And I actually wake up every morning thinking how lucky I am that I have this thing that I do every day that I love doing. <laughs> it just yeah. brings me so many things. The kids bring me joy the coffee is yummy and has whipped cream on it too and and the cemetery just brings me peace so it's like wow it's a big gift with a big pretty bow that I get every day you know but It's our choice to look at it that way, right? We could look at it like, huh, I'm a young mom of four that has to go visit the two people that probably loved her the very most in this lifetime, you know, her mom and her husband, and but that's not that's a choice. That's again, it's a choice. I don't look at it like that. I look at it as I'm so grateful that they were here for as long as they were and loved me as much as they did. And now I get to come here and visit them because I still know they're with me. I love that we're kind of diverting to these little lessons that come up and and these little good nuggets of gold that are, are such good reminders for people and are really inspiring. So thank you. All right. So continue, continue. I will. Your... And I
1: think it's hard to tell my story without diverting to those stories. Oh, yeah. Well, that, that's, a be- that's what makes it a beautiful story, right? Right. So I guess, when was it? Probably about four years ago, I decided I really wanted a family. It's what I've wanted my whole life. And I really didn't want my circumstances to decide if I was going to be able to be a mom or not. So I decided to put my best foot forward and see what happened. And I started looking into adoption first, honestly. And I joined a couple of groups. I did a little bit of work and something kept stalling me and I couldn't figure out why, what was stalling me. So I sat down and I did a lot of praying and I did a lot of reflection and I paused. I paused in the process. And I realized that I had skipped over the idea of having my own natural child based on fear. I was so afraid that given my age, my body wasn't going to be able to withstand it. I was just afraid. I was really afraid. I was afraid in both circumstances. How was I going to be able to afford this? Could I really be a single mom and run my business? And how was I going to do all of this? And again, I had an aha moment. I just, all of a sudden, I just said out loud, I think I'm going to try to carry a baby. And this rush of peace came over me. I can't describe it in any other way. It was a physical experience of peace. And I realized that's the right decision. Mm. And from that moment until the arrival of my daughter was a lot of heartache and pain. I tried doing what's called IUI, which is just using a sperm donor and my own eggs. And after about a year of trying that, the doctor told me that I needed to rethink the plan. And we had a couple of failures, which was extremely disappointing and very sad. And he said, I think given your age and what we're seeing, you really need to decide if you want to use an egg donor or go back to adoption. I got that news three days before we were sequestered into quarantine. So it was a very difficult time, but after sitting with it for probably about a couple months, I realized I was going to move forward with the egg donor. And that was not a light decision. That was a decision that took a long time, a lot of self-reflection again. You know, I had a lot of questions about whether or not I would feel connected to this child I felt like, oh, I'm less of a woman. I can't do this on my own. None of which is true. That was all my Of course not. Right. Yeah. And somehow I got to the point where I realized that my baby is so special that it's going to take three people to make her instead of two. Oh, I
0: love that reframe. That's fantastic.
1: (laughs) Oh, wow. That's great. So it took me three rounds of eggs donors, which also was a lot of heartache. And I want to just pause for a second and say at every step of the process, because there were so many and there were so many decisions that felt so heavy, I really just looked at what decision was in front of me, right? Because in this process, I could go like, well, what if I make this decision and then this happens and then that happens, but if I make this decision, then these three things are gonna happen. And I had to just say, Don't worry about what's going to happen next. What is the decision right in front of you? Make that decision and more will be revealed and you can make the next decision when that comes. And that is, again, another lesson I learned in sobriety. Just focus on what's right in front of you, one foot in front of the other, and you will get to the next step when you're ready and you'll make that decision when you need to. Yes. So... It took a lot of different processes with the egg donors, but I was very lucky that my first transfer worked and she was born in 2021. So 2020, May of 2020, I got pregnant and I had the most amazing, beautiful pregnancy I could have ever had. The fear of my body not being able to handle it was completely unrealistic. I did a lot of work every single day. I worked out every day. I ate healthy every day. I drank all my water intake every day. I did everything I needed to create a beautiful home for this little girl. And we had an amazing pregnancy and she arrived on January 11th of 2022. And she is the love of my life, but it's also important that I talk about that I had postpartum depression. And that was really difficult as well, because here was this thing that I had fought so hard for. I had spent every dime I had. I had spent (laughs) years waiting for this moment. And when she arrived, I was in awe. I was completely in awe. I couldn't even believe that she was in my arms. I was like, I can't believe I decided I was going to have you and you are here. Yeah, right. Such a miracle. Mm. But about Three weeks in, the postpartum depression just settled in. And all of a sudden, I started having all this fear again. Fear just took over. How am I going to provide for her? How am I going to do this? How am I going to take care of her and make money? Maybe I made a big mistake. Maybe she would be better off with someone else. And I started having really dark thoughts again of maybe I should give her to someone else. Maybe I shouldn't be doing this. And thank God I had great people around me. My doctors recognized it right away and they said, you need help. And I struggled with it. I just felt like, no, I got through my divorce. I got through sobriety. I can get through this. I don't need help. I don't need help. And we know that that's not the right answer, Mm. right? always accept help. And I accepted help. And it was such a game changer. Because once I started taking the help, I for me it was medication, and I started taking that medication, and I was able to come back to who I really am and be mm-hmm. able to accept every little piece of motherhood, the good and the bad. And it's such a difference now. It's such a difference now. I am so thrilled to be with her. I love mm-hmm. bath time. Talk about the moments in between dinner and bath time. <laughs> My favorite part of day. And I kind of oh, chuckle at myself every day when I enjoy it so much going like, I know so many people don't like this, but for <laughs> me, oh my gosh, I just love this. This is what I oh, waited God. for. This is what I wanted. All the little moments in between. Oh
0: my gosh. I love that you highlight all these important topics, one being certainly postpartum. And I think that when we can normalize something for other people and not feel like somehow it means we're not strong enough. But I always say when people talk about needing anxiety medication or depression medication. It's like, listen, if you broke your arm and you needed a cast, you wouldn't feel like, oh, no, I got to be stronger. Or, I shouldn't, you know. I mean, these are just things that t- at times we we need to help ourselves in certain situations to get over the hump of what whatever is going on in our life. And it is perfectly acceptable. It's just that I think people don't talk about it. So you don't realize that so many people are having these situations or these times in their lives when they need that help. And it is perfectly normal and there's nothing wrong with it. So, you know, I feel like you've touched on sobriety, suicide, postpartum, really creating your life by choice rather than being the victim of your circumstances. So powerful, Tracy. You know, I appreciate you sharing it with all of us and sharing it with my listeners because it's so important to me and to my heart is to normalize things and share and be open.
1: I like to say that vulnerability is our greatest strength, right? Vulnerability oh. is our superpower. The fact that we Absolutely. can share our stories and normalize these feelings and these fears and how we overcame them really is the greatest gift that we can offer others, which is why I continue to be so open about everything that's happened in my life.
0: Absolutely. I think vulnerability breeds connection because people feel so connected when someone says, I felt like that too. I went through that too. I was at rock bottom too in my life. And I speak for myself as well they're gifts that keep on giving, that we have the ability and the power to give to others. Because I think a lot of times we walk around with masks on. I was talking to somebody recently and she started to fill up and she said, I just feel like other people have it together and I don't. And she continued on. And then she said, oh, wait one second. And she ordered something from a drive-thru and said, okay, have a great day. Have a wonderful day. Bye. And she pulled away. And I said, did you see what just happened there? I said, you know what those people are thinking? Wow, she's so happy. I wish I could be so happy like her. I said, "When four seconds before that, before you pulled up, you were crying. I said, that's the masks that we wear and we compare ourselves to those masks. And I wasn't judging her for that happening. I was normalizing it. We all do it and we all experience it, but don't allow it to take away your joy or your peace or feeling like you're alone because everybody feels the way you do right now at different times right. and just says, oh, yeah, I'm good. Or, hey, how are you? Great. You know, or it's just <laughs> it's just yeah. how it is. So the more that we can share per your point, I think the more people feel validated and feel like, oh, it's not just me. Yeah. And if we can give somebody a moment of saying, oh, it's not just me, oh, then I think we've We've done wonders in this world, right?
1: Yeah, I agree.
0: So, I'd like to just two things, two more things before before we go. I would like you to just touch on your you are the founder of Kindness Grows Here, and you know that this is near and dear to my heart. As I started the Kindness Matter Scholarship in in high schools, where we give scholarships and we reward kids and send the message that kindness matters too. So just touch on that for our audience, Tracy.
1: I'd be happy to. That's something that came out of the pandemic as well. I mentioned that I was sort of having a identity crisis and I really wanted to focus on this message about kindness. And I realized by phrasing it that kindness grows here, it gives people the opportunity to join in the mission who maybe haven't been so kind before but they can grow and that we can focus on the fact that one act of kindness is like planting a seed because as you know if one person is kind to another that person who received that act of kindness is likely to then act kindly to the next person And the more we plant these seeds, the more it will grow around the world, right? So if we can continue to plant seeds, and what I like to say that if people join my movement of Kindness Grows Here, that they become kindness ambassadors. And it's their job to go out into the world and plant seeds of kindness as well. And if we can get all these people out there planting seeds of kindness, imagine what we could do. Imagine the world that we could live in. I want to give like a concrete example. You know, you're you're at the store and you're waiting online and it's taking forever and you're huffing and puffing about the person in front of you and the salesperson and why are they taking so long? And you have no idea what's going on with either of those two people, right? You have no idea if that's a mom of seven who can't find the receipt and she's trying and this was the only time she could get to the store and she's just managing so much and you don't know. Just take a beat, take a breath, have a moment of kindness for that person. What's the absolute worst thing that's going to happen? So you're a little late for your appointment or you have to stand in line a bit longer or you have to come back the next day. None of those things are going to end the world, right? But what might affect the world is if you had a moment of grace and kindness for someone else because you have no idea what's happening in their life. Wish more people acted that way. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely agree. And and
0: I've shared a story before about I went to pick up my son's dry cleaning, their suits to wear to their father's funeral. And I had to run into the store. It's like a little mall. So there was the dry cleaners and then there was the food store. And I walked into the food store and I was dressed at uh, you know, I mean, I, I wasn't wearing my pajamas, which I probably <laughs> wanted to to wear, but I caught someone's eye and I thought to myself, I look like everybody else here. I don't look like a mother of four children who just lost her husband and their children's father. Mm. And if we all wore signs saying what we were going through that our child threw up this morning and went all over your papers and your mother just got diagnosed with cancer and you're going through a divorce, your husband just asked for a divorce or your wife just asked for a divorce we'd be so much kinder to each other. So I think going through life, like you said, just deciding that that might be something that's going on and acting accordingly is a beautiful way to plant kindness. And also getting back to our point in the beginning, an amazing way to create happiness in your day. Because Mm. it's a gift. It's a gift for them and a gift for you. There is just no doubt about that.
1: It is. It's like every time on the road, I'm not immune to road rage, right? We all get annoyed when someone does something stupid on the road or cuts in front of us or acts irrationally. But I'll often catch myself and go, wait, (laughs) first of all, I have no idea what's going on with that person. Maybe they're racing home at a hundred miles an hour to go get their daughter's recital outfit that they forgot and need to get back quickly, which that comes from personal experience, because my dad did uh, do that for me. Wait, I, I was really, going to say, that story sounds familiar. I <laughs> but I also think to myself, you know, and we didn't get a chance to talk about this, but that carrying resentments and drop the rock, what is that going to do for me? I'm going to sit here in my car and fume over this person who I'm never going to see again. It's going to physically affect me, right? Negativity inside physically affects you. It's going to mentally affect me what good is that going to do? Just take a deep breath and let it go. Just yeah, let it go. You absolutely. have to make a choice. You have to make that choice every single time. Mm-hmm.
0: I always refer back to a principle that I learned in coaching school, and it was each moment describes who you are and gives you the opportunity to decide if that's who you want to be. I asked myself that question every day when Kevin was was sick towards the end. And I still do it. When situations come up, I say, who do you want to be right now? Come back to me. Who do I want to be? I take the power off of their behavior and I take it back and say, who do I want to be in this situation? And really think about that. So I I think that's great. Last question. In your life, Tracy Kessler, (laughs) what (laughs) has caused you to get aligned and awakened?
1: I think, for me, it's my spiritual journey, which mm-hmm. started for me with sobriety, and taking a moment, learning to take a moment to listen to what my higher power, who I choose to call God, mm-hmm. or you can call the universe, what it's telling me it's pausing. And listening before acting and realizing that I don't have to act on every impulse. I can have a feeling or a thought and I don't have to act on it. And really just doing something every day to strengthen that connection.
0: Mm, That's really beautiful. Wow. Well, I expected nothing less than to have the most beautiful time with you. And I'm just so happy that we made this happen and that you were able to be here and share all of the beautiful lessons, all of your inspiration and strength. And I just want to thank you. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for being so open and vulnerable. Thank you for being you because you're a beautiful person here on this earth. And I'm so glad that I get to call you my friend. So
1: well, thank you, <laughs> Clarice. I, I feel the same. I am inspired by you each and every day and what you put to the world. So thank you.
0: Tracy, before we go, I would love for you to share with our listeners how they can find you.
1: Well, the easiest way to find me is on Instagram. My handle is at Ms. Tracy Kessler, And you can also visit my website, which is www.TracyKessler.com. And I welcome any and all feedback and questions. I'm an open book. I'd be happy to tell you anything you need.
0: Beautiful. And that will also be in the show notes. So if you didn't catch that there you can look in the show notes and you will find that information there. So, thank you again, Tracy. This has been really, really fun, inspiring, awakening, and I can't thank you enough.
1: Thank you, Larissa.
0: If you loved what you heard today, I would be so grateful if you hit subscribe and leave a review. For more inspiration, find me on Instagram at a mindful journey I love being part of your everyday journey.